podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me today is Craig Devine. Hi. And Ross Davidson. Hello. And today's opening question is inspired by events that took place on our Twitter this week. We just put a nice a nice tweet, a wee joke, and then our Twitter mentions get filled up. So it's a legitimate question we're asking. Is Jack Ross a snake? <laughs> I'll open it to the floor. I think we know Ross's opinion on this already. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely. And um there's a number of reasons uh, why he is. And I could go on about them all day, which I imagine people don't want me to. But um, the short answer is yes. And I don't really see why people aren't getting the fact that he is. Mm -hmm. Or there is a kind of devious side to him. Or devious is maybe a strong word. But there's a number of uh, uh, things that's happened since Jack Ross has left St Murn. It's included St Murn. Um, even down to the, the fact that he manuf manufactured his way out of the club in the first place uh, really underhand to go to Sunderland without the club knowing or to make contact with Sunderland without the club knowing in the first instance um, but even prior to that the interviews with Barnsley, the Dundee thing really underhand so that was really snaky and then once he did leave managing to convince our number one experienced goalkeeper to yeah. retire while we were uh, bottom of the league. We bottom of the league at a time I need when we needed um experienced players. And I get the whole chance of a lifetime thing, he's got a family to feed and all that, but you can't tell me Jack Ross down there with their resources couldn't have recruited a goalkeeping coach that wasn't from his ex team and the time I need. Yeah, currently then, still playing. <laughs> yeah, and then even more recent times managed to turn again an experienced squad member managed to turn Paul McGinn's head mm -hmm. and get him out the door again at a time where we needed experience. We needed guys like Paul McGinn in the squad and uh, managed to nick him from under our noses. So I'm not entirely happy with Jack Ross. I don't see why we should be, why we shouldn't be angry that they put that bid in in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, they try to take our young, promising club captain away on a, on a cheap deal. Again, at a time where we need guys in our squad because we're going through a rough patch yeah especially like when you look at it how bad our past few weeks have been in the bright spot when you're looking in the future is going at least you've got someone like Kyle McGinnis coming back or will we now that's the thing is, is yeah. as soon as he's fit is he going to be off that's um, you, you wouldn't blame Kyle for wanting to go he's had two seriously bad knee injuries and he's going to make a lot more money at Hibs than he will here and he'll also have a bit more freedom to play and not in a relegation dogfight so I would have absolutely nothing against Kyle McGinnis for that however just fuck off Jack Ross and another point that you almost missed as well that we inquired about bringing Lewis Morgan on loan and he went to Sunderland with Jack Ross as well <laughs> yeah I was I was going to mention that actually and that's another thing that just it just seems to appear every now and again, mm -hmm. and it's. I remember it's the the Jack Ross Claxon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a while ago, it's that. Yeah. Because we, we put a bid in for Alex Gogic. He signed for Hibs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Dre Wright, Fishing Johnson, yep. we were in about him. Um, so I uh, the Jack Ross thing. Uh, I mean, there's an element uh, of our support that 
Jack Ross appears to be untouchable for one reason or another. He's not allowed to be criticised, even when he's no longer at the club. I don't know if it's because he's a handsome man <laughs> or he wears beautiful cardigans or he bought them a pint in the bank house when we won the league. I don't know, but there seems to be an element of people that Jack Ross cannot be criticised no matter what he does. I, th- I think you're allowed to separate the two things that Jack Ross have done has done for us. Yes, we can appreciate that we were bottom of the first division when he took over. He turned it round and he got us promoted. I'll, I'll be ever thankful for that. But that does not mean I will not get annoyed at other things that he does. Like it doesn't give him a free pass to just like. Essentially, the way some fans will go is like if he stormed up into the, um, kicked the door down of their house, took a shit in their di- on their dinner plate, shagged their missus, punched their way in, they'd go, ah oh, well, yeah, but he turned it round for us, didn't he? Well, he was a prick anyway. <laughs> that, that's the thing. That's what I don't get my head around. Yes, he did win as the championship, and we're for, forever in his debt for that. And it's uh, it was a fantastic season. Um, even the roller coaster of the season before was will live long in the memory. But it doesn't hide the fact that how again I, I mention it all the time, but how he engineered his way out of the club. Mm-hmm. That's that's totally for me personally, my personal opinion. That totally ruins his. His credibility um, at St Mon for me and everything he's done after he's left the club in terms of poaching players and things. Of course, we're allowed to be angry at him. That did uh, sour it for me a wee bit as well to kind of try find the right word here, not quite warm your way out, but leave in such a manner and then go, here's a, here's a shite friendly, it's compensation. Yeah, here, here's a friendly where we'll absolutely fucking batter you. Um, but don't worry, I've le- I've left you with the, uh, this amazing signing of Jim Kellerman. There's my, there's my goodbye present for you. <laughs> they completely battered us that day. Shattered confidence, if you want to use that excuse. I mean, if Jack Ross really had a bit of consideration at halftime, he could have said, listen, lads, just play 45 minutes at half pace or whatever, you know, but he's come up and absolutely smashed us for five or six, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think most of the people in our mentions probably weren't regular listen- listeners of the show. And no, we mean, when we call, well, when we do call them, I think we do kind of mean it. But we also mean it in tongue-in-cheek as well. Um, however, some of the comments were ridiculous. Like the one that the guy, like, and if, again, if you're a listener, I do apologise, but you cannot compare this situation where you said that I wonder if you would have been annoyed about Sir Alex Ferguson taking all the players to Aberdeen. Yes, of course we would have been annoyed. He gets sacked for p- tapping up our players and saying that he was going to Aberdeen. Do you want to come as well? Of course you'd get fucking annoyed at that. Um, uh, yeah. uh, no, you're right. Uh, just Again, I just think the Jack Ross thing clouds everybody's judgment for some reason. Uh, it does a wee bit. I mean, um, we, were, we always knew that the Kyle thing was going to come back up. I mean, I think Jack Ross has been kind of sniffing around him for quite a while, is the rumour. Yeah, I think the rumour, as soon as it took over, Hibs, that was kind of came a bit. Aye, but to come at, you know, this exact time when we're probably at our lowest ebb, it's just, it's it's kind of pushed it over the edge a wee bit for me. And um, I know the club did come out a few days ago, a few days ago, was it today, was it yesterday? Come out and said... Um, We've knocked back a substantial bid. We want to keep Kyle, but you wonder if that's the last day. There's still a few days left in this no, window. We, we, gonna... we all know the outcome of this, and we'll have a post that he has left within the next if, week or so. If it's no in the next week, it's going to be in January. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I think Jack Ross is looking out for Hibernian and, and he's obviously identified a talented footballer and he reckons he can get them on the cheap. I can't criticise that, right? That's fair enough. He's only doing his job at the end of the day, of course, yeah, but it doesn't exactly. mean we can't fucking moan about yeah. it. Well, that's exactly, you're right, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't mean to say that we can't have a negative opinion on the guy trying to sign a club captain. If you have, ever, allowed, watched, if you have ever watched St Mirren, went to a match, season ticket holder, bought a shirt, it is our God-given right, it is in the St Mirren constitution, that we can moan like fuck, right? <laughs> you don't moan about everything, you're not a St Mirren fan. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> I, think, I think on the back of the, the statement the club made, I think they've been quite cute about that. Uh, I think it's a really intelligent statement they've put out. They've almost saying, "We want them to stay." We've here's a bid from a club. We've rejected it, but if anybody's out there and you fancy getting them, yeah, then throw your bid in. I think that's a a statement to try and soften the blow before he goes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we tried, but unfortunately his head's been turned, and we don't yeah. want to keep a player who wants to play for another club. That's essentially what's going to turn out. And um, when the news came out as well, I sat and looked at. I was like, the Hibs really need another midfielder with the amount of midfield that they actually have. But then, if rumours are to be believed, we won't really go into it too much just in case they weren't. And it's not really our place to mention about Scott Allen. Then, yeah, fair enough. As the, the, Kyle McGinnis would be a good replacement in that sort of role. But still, it's very frustrating. Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Uh, the news about Scott Allen, other rumours, is horrendous. So hopefully that's not true. But. I think Kyle would flourish at Hibs. They play a kind of brand of football that he would suit, I think. I'm not necessarily, again, I'm not intentionally being negative, but the loss of Kyle to another team isn't going to hurt me as much as losing Kenny McLean was or losing Mm. John McGinn or even Morgan to an extent. I don't think he's at that level. I think he's a level down and injuries have kind of hampered him. He's maybe been able to get to that level when he was younger, but I don't think he's at the point where well, necessarily the squad will be decimated because he's left the similar way that happened with McLean, which mm-hmm. just finished us that, yeah. that year. And McGinn as well was a big miss. So we'll see what happens, but um, it'll be an interesting time. I mean, McInnes is interested in him at Aberdeen. Yeah, but that is true. We're allowed to be pissed off at Derek McInnes for offering yeah. money as well. So. It'll be interesting Paisley to see what happens for sure. Yeah. I wonder if um, Aberdeen, uh, sorry, Hibs fans feel the same way about Aberdeen as we do about Hibs. Is that every time they get linked for a player, Aberdeen sneak in and nick them off them? Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Uh, the only kind of thing is if we do, if Kyle does leave, we're going to get money for him. That can be reinvested well, in the team in positions that we actually do need covering. Will it be a substantial sum though, or is it going to be another gentleman's agreement handshake for? What is a substantial substantial sum to to Is it a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand? Surely, like the the the, um, the developmental fees that we would get if we left at the end of the year to another Scottish club, I'm sure that would be and about half a million. I think someone wants someone to well, me. I don't know if that's you, true or not. You would- you would think so, but then I, I wonder if Jack Cross maybe has an inkling of what we would be likely to accept. Yeah. And that's well. Because it's not going to be a million pound that other teams seem to sell their players no. around yeah, at yeah. that age with that much hype for. It's not going to be anywhere near that. No, you're correct. And we're in danger of maybe 
potential. I'm not saying that Kyle would do that, but you've seen it with the boy at Motherwell, with Chris Cadden. Yeah. Um, signed for the, a team in the States and then get instantly went right. back to a British club to get around the compensation fee. I, mean, I know that was kind of mooted for John McGinn at one point as well. So it's a, we need to balance whether we take the hit now, take the money now, or run the risk of the agent playing the market and, and playing kind of sensible about it to get Kyle a good deal. So mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens. But there's, there's a loads of different options that we can go down between now and Kyle's contract ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could send uh, another Kyle and just say, there you go. He's been injured. He's been injured for six months. He's just <laughs> put on a bit of weight. Um, but he likes to play out more out the wing now. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, he's lost a stone apparently, so he's not put on weight. Yeah, he was fucking ill. We all know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, what I was going to say was, which I can't remember anymore, because you've polluted my head with Kyle McAllister. Sorry. Anything to do with Jack Ross and a certain physio, apparently. Uh, allegedly. Uh, thanks for that. No, um, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, we don't know what Allegedly. No, it was a. Uh, I don't know. Move on, and it'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah, just jump in at any point. Oh, I know what it was. Right. <clears throat> Apologies, this is a shambles. But um, say we do get significant money for Kyle. Do the two of you personally trust Goodwin to spend that money wisely, considering what the squad, the shape of the squad at the moment? I do. I trust him to bring in a very good player, but then no get anything out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll sign a player, amazing left back, and we'll play him attacking mid. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know who would be out there that would be interested. Um, I, I don't know. I remember I, I was reading something that League One and League Two down south might have a blackout this year, and they might not return. I don't unless they get help from government and fans come back. I, I don't know if the, that's changed or not. I read that the other day. Um, so I, I still think we might be able to grab a few players if we have the money available from down south even if it's just loan deals that teams want to get their players fit and they're not just sit, sitting at home I, I, I really don't know I, yeah. I mean I, I trust Goodwin more than I trust McPherson to bring in a player Yeah, and I also don't agree with this whole um, idea that's recently appeared on Twitter that the reason why our form's dipped is because Gus McPherson's fucking left. Not a chance. Not That's a, a chance. Because the, the way Goodwin is playing football right now is reminiscent of the way Gus McPherson played football. Uh, it is literally John Potter hoofing it up to Billy Mehmet and John Sutton. That is what we're playing right now. <laughs> the names have changed, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm not having the whole Gus McPherson's the reason why our form's dipped. Not one fucking bit. <laughs> You've almost got a Gus McPherson, Jack Ross feeling about. I know, it really is. <laughs> I think I need a manager to despise as well. You've got Alex Ray. Oh, but apart from him, that that, that, that's easy. That's a, that's a accepted worldwide. Just pick one. Pick one. <laughs> Orn Kearney. What do you feel about him? Uh, <laughs> hard, hard done by, but I don't think we ever get the full story. I think no, I don't. He was working his ticket on the way out, to be honest. Yeah. I'd like to interview him. I did try, but he re- didn't reply, so he's running scared. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll, we'll move away from all this uh, slander and whatnot. Do we have to? <laughs> and we'll, we'll, have fun. I know. And we'll bring the fun back, don't worry. Hopefully. 
<laughs> but first of all, we do need to talk about the football. Um, another week, another defeat, uh, another what the fuck tactics from. Um, I was about to say Gus McPherson there, Jim Goodwin. Um, I, I'll let you go on about it and then I'll jump in. You could just basically take what we said the week before and apply it to this week as well. I mean, there was very little, there was nothing, mm-hmm. I say very little positive, there was nothing positive to take for that at all. The yeah. fact that uh, Anik get man of the match and I can only remember him making one, one decent save yeah. the whole game kind of says everything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did feel the worst when I saw that Fraser was in at left back and sure enough I personally think he was at fault for the goal uh, I, I, when I was watching the goal back yes and no um, I think when the ball got put forward uh, Dermis uh, obviously went for the header and he kind of lost the ball a wee bit Jamie McGrath was probably like I, I like Jamie McGrath but this was not his game he reacted so slowly um, mm-hmm. it's the other player uh, who got the um, Burke who got the ball to run down the wing at uh, and he just didn't track back with him at all and it made uh, Fraser leave his man to come forward it allowed an extra player into the box I, I wouldn't put it solely on Fraser but um, yeah it, it was, it, 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 was it kinda, to me it kind of continued on for the level of effort that McGrath showed because Fraser kind of pushed off against Burke and you could hardly say that Chris Burke, A, is very fast anymore, and B, was busting a gut to get up the pitch. Yeah. Seemed watching it back, I had to check to see if I didn't have it on a slower setting. It, it was it was a jog. Yeah. Fraser didn't look as if he was bothering at all. And when I get crossed in, it also looked to me as if Shaughnessy kind of swiped the wrong direction. Mm. It looked as if he was swiping the ball, expecting him to maybe go across the front of him, but it went in behind him. I can't fault him too much for that. But... Um, it was a good goal. We were talking about it in the, the group chat. It was a good goal because it was just so simple and well worked and you've seen it coming for a mile off and it's the exact opposite to the type of goals that we would normally score. I, th- I think Kilmarnock definitely had a tactic of they're, they're playing a right back at left back, let's hit that. And yeah. um, I don't think they were expecting us to be so defensive. I mean, no one was expecting us to be so defensive from the bat. Um, I, I I really couldn't understand why we were so defensive. It made no sense. No, yeah. I mean, um, I think we started off, it was all right at first. I remember Dermis having a Yeah, and I have to, like, I know a lot of people, and myself included, is give Marias some, like, but I thought Marias didn't have too bad a game, and that ball that he hit up for Dermis for that chance was absolutely outstanding if that was scott allen we'd still be talking about it um like uh it was an absolutely fantastic ball and i think Dermis had to do better there the fact he's not hit the target mm-hmm. is, is is pretty poor uh, you can't give a chance of that but no way we did kind of start off quite well and you thought all right okay and then that was it pretty yeah. much um shaughnessy hitting the bar from a corner as well shaughnessy hitting the bar marias doing his usual kind of swiping at the end of the game yeah and <laughs> Um, I thought um, <clears throat> just going back to the goal I thought it was pretty criminal for uh, Fraser to get too tight to uh, mm-hmm. Buck and get done by the 1-2 I mean that's really simple I know he's playing at left back but he has a right back he should know the basics of that you don't get too tight in Buck because he'll just spin you in and, and do you and that's exactly what he done so that was, um, but again echo what you guys said beforehand just really weak aerial presence, really weak defending from McGrath and Dermis. 
uh, led to that chance. It was just a simple one-two up the line and across in for a finish. I think it was Craig that said something that just doesn't seem that we can do at the mm-hmm. moment. It's not any, it's no uh, Barcelona-esque football. It's just a simple move up the line and across, and how we can't create something like that is is really worrying. How we uh, defend across? No. <laughs> We can't. We, we just don't seem to be able to defend simple crosses. And uh, it's really frustrating. I mean, uh, Kabamba's making that run, kind of central run to meet the cross. You need to identify that the, the ball can only go in to him. Yeah, go with him, stay ahead of him a touch, and you can clear that. But uh, the defenders just seem shocked that he was making a dart and run and got there before them. Go move, move, go. But Where did you come from? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> It's just it's poor, but it, um, just when you're talking about Dumas and Marais there, Dumas was okay. I was looking at stats uh, the other day, as you know, I like looking at stats. And Dumas, for all the kind of hassle we're giving him for being off the boil this season, he's top of our charts for shots and target per 90 minutes. Wow. So it's 54.5%, which is obviously just over half his shots on target. And, and the the first striker on that list is Obika in sixth place with 35%. So although Dermis doesn't look as if he's playing that well, he's obviously, when he get when he's getting shots, he's getting them in around the goal and on target. So he should have done better with that chance. Um, obviously missed the target, but he seems to be getting into dangerous areas. And if we can maybe find him, then hopefully some of these shots and targets mm-hmm. will go in. After well, a while, yeah. I think was it Mark? Instruction is to try and get past the halfway line a wee bit more. Then mm-hmm. we'll start seeing more shots and more goals coming. But it yeah. doesn't seem as if we have a any kind of aim to do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I thought we. Uh, I wouldn't say we tried to play football on Saturday, but we tried to at least retain possession and knock it about a bit, try and find some gaps. But then, as we approached the final third, we just lost all idea, mm-hmm. all invention, nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing was coming off. Erwin uh, was isolated. Nobody got near him. It's just we ran out of ideas. It's really frustrating. It's, I just don't know where any creation is going to come from. And we, like I think I think it might have been Mark that mentioned it last week. It might have been you, Ross. I can't remember about like we were mentioning Dermis being off the boil. But how much is that a result of the actual tactics that's been played? We're not getting the ball to him in the areas that we need to get the ball to him. Uh, because we are seeing that we're just completely bypassing the midfield with just hoofing long balls up. And this is stuff we were moaning about last season as well, like where we'd go a goal up and then we'd just resort to just hoofing the ball up and giving it to them. And then us losing a cheap equaliser or um, a cheap loser goal or whatever, uh, or a winner for the opposite team even. But like... Um, it is a bit worrying. Like we've got Aberdeen next, and like I'm, I'm fearful of what this, what the score could be, because um, Aberdeen have a, a a really good midfield at the moment. They um, have strikers who can score goals. Uh, they've got big players uh, who can bully defenses. We've been so poor on um, like set pieces and crosses that. I'm worried about how big the score might end up being if we play the same way we have played in the past few games. Yeah, hedges and right in particular running at our defence gives me the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aberdeen are starting to click and it's never been a happy hunting ground for us, certainly in the past years. I think the last time we took anything up there was the, the cup run, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Penalties. 
Aye, and it, the one positive is at least it's on a Friday night and you get your, your weekend back. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a joyous Saturday. Aye. Yeah, you're right. Just to to move back a bit with the you were mentioning Dermis. I mean, it, it's not unbelievable that we can create a chance like they did. Uh, we use Dermis or create chances like Kamal do through Burke with Dermis or Connolly on the other side. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see why we can't have intricate play and then release Dermis to get the ball across for Erwin or Obika or whoever's up front to score goals. I mean, it's worrying how we can't create things like that. Those are two players that want to run at the opposition. Just get the ball down, let them run at them, stop trying to hoof it up and keep it simple. It's, it's, it's yeah. obvious to everyone else that's watching. How is it not obvious to Goodwin? Well, exactly. I, I agree with you totally. And then even Connolly not starting was just through me as well on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We've been crying out for the guy to start. He showed what he can do against them, D-United. Kilmarnock are a team that lose goals. Um, so uh, another guy like Conley and Dermis either side to put pressure on their defence guys like Callum Waters and, and uh, Ross Millen who aren't very good fullbacks. these two guys should have been on top of them for 90 minutes and they would make mistakes and they've got a, a centre half like Broadfoot who would make mistakes or wind them up and something will happen but we just didn't get in their face and to do that at home was criminal for me it's, it's really um not unforgivable, but questions need to be asked a good one because you can set up like that against a team like Kilmarnock at home. Mm-hmm. They haven't won away from home in 16 matches. So you're, even, you're, not play, you're not playing against a Kilmarnock team that are scoring goals and winning games away from home. And it's just... And we, then move, moving on to your Aberdeen game, I mean, that's... What are we going to do with that? Mm-hmm. It's not even just Kilmarnock. I mean, it's all well and good saying that you know, we play well against Celtic, your season's not going to be defined by games against the old firm and the likes of Hibs, but that's what Dundee United, Kilmarnock, St Johnson now, and we've lost all those games. Those are the games that are going to define your season and yeah. we've lost every one of them. I think yeah, absolutely right. And good Goodwin clearly hasn't helped himself as well from, you know, saying that we were a bit naive last season and we should have attacked teams more. You can't say these things to fans and then decide to be even more defensive than you were last season. I think an opposite day. And it's not even like, see see if you lose like big players and you go, right, fair enough, we'll be defensive. See when you're mm-hmm. losing players in your defence, why are we coming out with the most defensive tactics that we have? We already have a bare bones defence. Like, what? Like, uh, and we were very lucky not to have another sending off and that would have been us buggered. Uh, I thought he should have been sent off. I thought it was a red card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think he could have any complaints with that. He's very lucky. But mm-hmm. yeah. I actually think we've regressed this year. I think we have and it's crazy because the quality of player that we've brought in the signings were all very positive these are players you know can perform we've seen them play well against us and it's just not happening yeah Yeah. I think maybe it was a a bit of a false dawn at the start of the season because it it was a positive start we did pick up a few good results maybe papering over the cracks a wee bit because the performances weren't great Mm. but you're willing to forgive that because it's the start of the season after a what a six month layoff but it's it's just gone completely tits up now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And uh, it needs to be arrested quick because, as you have mentioned, Aberdeen on Friday night, that's a worrying fixture for me. Guy like Marley Watkins up front against our two centre-halves, he'll bully them all day long. Yeah. 
Yeah, you've got Hedges and right, as Craig said, and then you've got uh, McCrory and Ferguson in the middle, who against a guy like Sam Foley and a young kid and Ethan Erehon, they're going to be right up against it for 90 minutes. Yeah. And it's going to be right, a real difficult uh, night for them. Tate will be suspended again still for this match. I know he's not the greatest left back, but he's left footed. He knows how to do the role slightly. Put Erehon at left back, have um, Fraser back at right back, and put Cammy in the middle. That's what we want to see. It's the only sort of way you can see as being a little bit more progressive in attacking. I understand that probably still won't happen. Well, we might go up at three again and get a good laugh at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think Jim will probably try and shit fest it. 5-4-1 or 4-5-1 or whatever he tries to do and just throw 11 guys on the park and <laughs> just see what they do. Because that's what he seems to be doing. Just picking 11 guys and send them out there to see if they can conjure up a win. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we'll get really lucky. I know we, we really shouldn't look at teams round about us, but the way we've been playing the past like four or five games, we should be adrift, and we're not. We're, there's like teams like the was the bottom four teams all on seven points or something. We're bottom on goal difference, and then like the teams above us are on eight. Like one win can put you straight back up there, but it's not happening against Aberdeen. And then I think is the next league game after this Hamilton. Is that right? Yeah. That is a massive three pointer already right at the start of the season and who's going to want it more in our current form will we win that match probably not well that's the thing on the face of it when you look at the league and you, you think people that aren't Sitman fans or whatever are, are wondering what we're worrying about because one win will shoot you up the table but Sitman fans we know what we've watched this season and the form's really really worrying and we can't really look up the only way is down really and mm. um, Something needs to change it. I think the Aberdeen game, I'll be really surprised if we get a shot in target against them, never mind a point, but the Hamilton game's massive. That's an enormous game already so early on in the season. May I fact check you there? It's Motherwell. Is it? Motherwell? Oh, fuck. I, I had to Google it there. Uh, it's because you've got it? up in the middle of it. Yeah, because right, it's Partick, isn't it? Well, that's uh, a, that's a, Queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another factor into it where We've had a couple of shady League Cup campaigns in recent years. If Goodwin has another one, I mean, I'm already kind of nearly not calling for his head, but I'm pretty pissed off. I think questions need asked. But if he has a ropey couple of results against Queen's Park and Thistle, mm-hmm. the knives will be out. Equally, equally. It, to me, he still doesn't know his best formation. His best lineup. Do we use those games to kind of settle that and try and kick on for there? I mean, I think everyone would sacrifice Mm -hmm. the cup if it meant pushing on the league a wee bit. But I really get that far because if you think if we lose on Friday night, if we lose a couple of games, that's what eight in a row. How how long is it before? He's Everyone got, starts calling for his head. Yeah, he's got a tough decision when it comes to the cup games of does he experiment with the tactics, formation, selection, and then run the risk of that, or do you go for a complete confident booster and try and score as many and play attractive football? And uh, it's it's a difficult yeah, one. I'm not quite there calling for a long time. Yeah, I'm not quite there calling for his head yet, but I can understand why fans are like extremely frustrated. 
and it's going to need to change soon for him and like that Hamilton game whenever that appears because I thought it was Hamilton soon but it's clearly not but whenever that Hamilton game appears that's a big one because I can't see us beating Motherwell either even though they've had such a poor start but they still they, they, they know how to beat a team that's like us essentially well they cuffed Aberdeen 3-0 the other week there so they're well, on the upturn yeah. Motherwell I just can't see us ever pulling a result like that against anybody that's a scary thing and Goodwin should know he's strongest 11 by now mm-hmm. we've not really got a squad depth of lots of players I mean he should know he's strongest 11 and he doesn't and that's worrying he doesn't know his strongest tactic and he can't get a forward player scoring goals which is also worrying so I'm not calling for his head as I, as I said a minute ago but I've turn of the year I say and I think it'll be serious serious pressure on him if this is the way we're going cup winning hero Cup winning captain or not, we can we can't sustain performances and results less. I don't I don't even know if he'll get that far if if it continues like this. I mean, in his end of in his defence, we've no we've had a couple of total heads gone moments for the defence, so that's not been settled for weeks. That can't help matters at all. But I I I can't see it last until the turn of the year. Um, you do think maybe in this kind of climate that can we really afford to be even thinking about bagging a manager? Mm-hmm. Is that going to come into play and we'll just trundle along? I don't know, but it's then, then, fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. That's a consideration with Sel and Kyle. Do they have a consideration of that? And no, it'll cost 110 grand to get rid of Goodwin and you get 180 for Sel and Kyle. Do you have that in the bank just in case? Or... Mm-hmm. It's a difficult mm-hmm. decision, and then he's probably not get his full squad back yet either. He's still mm-hmm. got Flynn and McGuinness, but are we really putting all our hopes on Flynn, who's just come back for a crucial injury mm-hmm. at 32? Might not be the same player. Hopefully he is, but there's no guarantee. And then McGuinness, who's come back for yet another serious injury, is he going to be the same player? Has his head already turned? Will he play for us again? So it, there's loads of factors to consider further down the line, but it, it's worrying times. I don't really know how long the board will give it, but Gordon Scott's no, he's not really one for giving people hmm. uh, long periods of time when things aren't going well. So it'll be interesting. I think I think the good one because of the stature he has at the club, he probably buys them a little bit more time than other managers normally would. Um, and also the the current times might go into his benefit as well. We're dealing in like I think like no fans at the stadium. Um, we've had that big break where the season couldn't be completed. Uh, we've had a COVID outbreak in the squads. We had the whole thing before the um, before the league started when we had to cancel a friendly. All these kind of things can build up and just make everything seem so much more frustrating. So obviously that kind of goes into Goodwin's favour for giving him a little bit more time as well. Um, like I said, I'm not calling for him to get his he- the sack or whatever, but the pressure is on him and he needs to turn it around. Um, but before we, we move on, I'll also mention that we got a new commentator. Um, did you anyone hear the first time he tried to say Erehan? He kind of stumbled it and then decided to call him Ethan for the rest of the match. <laughs> <laughs> and also, how did you just find the Richard Tate interview? Uh, I think with the poor lads that do this at Mon commentary have been getting a bit of roast in the last few weeks. <laughs> I, I think, I think frus- ever, everything's frustrating, yeah. so just 
fucking attack everybody. <laughs> uh, I thought the interview with Richard Tate was quite good. <laughs> I think the guy could rival Cy Ferry for an open goal uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm not a big fan of uh, commentators using nicknames and first yeah, names. Yeah, I don't like that either. Not I don't a, like that. I, anyway. I don't even like when Paul, like see when Cy Ferry does it, and you're sitting there for half an hour trying to work out who this story's about. Like, ah, big, nah. big Dino man, and he was like, "Oh, Dino, I remember Dino." And you're like, "Who the fuck are you guys talking about?" <laughs> it was a nice but no, it's, I got through it. Got through the ninety minutes, and then um, I thought the service was really, really good. I seen Pine Bovro tweeting that. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I had absolutely no issues as well. Yeah. So yeah, long may that continue. And mm-hmm. uh, hashtag get misery hunters on comms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get it started. Uh, so it is time for something new. It is not time for. Hello, I'm Stephen Thompson. Who the fuck are you? We after last week's whitewash. I'd say I just apologise for last week. Uh, <laughs> I could have dragged that out. <laughs> And made it more entertaining, but I didn't. I just shouted because when my brain remembers an answer that I know, I just blurt it out. So, apologies for that. And Brian McGinty's the word you shout out. Basically, yeah. Um, I know that's just when he gets an idea. Knowledge, Brian McGinty. But um, no, apologies for that because that game could have been on a wee bit longer. So I've I've swapped it up. I've I've ripped off another podcast game. Um, Something a bit different. I. uh, I'll need to get another player to come up with some sort of jingle and name for it. Uh, but basically what it is, I have three St. Mon players written down, along with the clubs they've played for. Brian McGinty. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say a player's name, and then you'll take turns to see how many you can actually guess. So you, you basically bid a number. So if I say a player and how many clubs have played for, Ross, you could say you could name four of those clubs. If Craig thinks you couldn't, he could say, on you go, name it. Or uh, he could bid five if he thinks he knows more. All right. Okay. He's, he's not pretend the I understand. I don't, but I'll, we'll play I'll, it as you go. We'll I, play go, it. I, go I don't get it either, but let's just go home. <laughs> right, fair enough. So the first player, we've talked about him already. He's now uh, a snake of a manager, Jack Ross. He has played for seven clubs. Because Ross won last week, I'll let him do the first bid. How many clubs do you think you could name that he's played for? Not managed, just played for. So don't say any of the clubs uh, now, just the number of how many you think you could name. Three. Three. Do you think you can do four, Craig, or should Ross call it? I can do two and a half. Right, so, <laughs> so I think you're saying for Ross to name the three clubs... Go for it. Right. When you go I will go Falkirk. Yes. Hamilton. Yes. St. Mirren. Yes. That is, so that's a point to Ross. It's currently 1 0. You kind of get how this is going now. Other clubs yes. you could have had were Camelon Juniors, Clyde, Hartlepool, and Dunfermline. Camelon. Uh, right. This one is a bit bigger. Hey, Camelon. <laughs> Camelon. <laughs> it was, I, it was Hartlepool I was thinking of. Were well, they know the club that he signed from? Then went right back up the road. Yeah. Or was it? What you're saying is Jack Ross was a snake in his player days as well. Aye. Aye. Well, we had that bonus <laughs> row after the cup yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. Before the cup final. Before the cup final yeah. we played. Yeah. So we all blame Gus McPherson for that, but Jack Ross even had his play in there. Anyway, <laughs> less about them. 
<laughs> so, Craig, how many clubs do you think you could name that Ismail Concalves played for? And that is <laughs> that is eleven clubs he's played for so far. Still out there playing. Three. Three. Ross, can you name four? Nah, two nah. two for me, the two nah. obvious ones. So on you go, Craig. Three. Uh, Hearts at Mun and uh, Rio Ave. Correct. Correct. And the one each. You could also had now forgive me for pronunciation on these. Wait, there's a Japanese team as well. Yeah, that's who he's just signed for, but he also played for Nice, Apoel, Veria, Famagusta, El Etifac, uh Pac Tacor, Tash Tashakent, Estegal, and he's currently at Matsumo Yamaga. Right. Oh every transfer window people tweet bring him home. <laughs> He's looking Wait, for a home. Uh, I don't know. He's in his thirty. He's thirty-one, thirty-two. So I'm home. The decider. The decider, and it might be an easy one for you. Um, so it's currently one each. Ross gets first bid. Jim Goodwin, eight clubs. <laughs> Three. 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 Oh. Because I can't remember who... Four! I think I can do four. Four. So, Craig, can you do five? Or... Do four. Well, that doesn't help because he's already bid four. So did you bid five or are you saying Ross Denamy's four? This uh, is for the win. Five. Oh, he's going five. Ross, can you go six? Or shall Craig name the five? Uh, I'll open the floor to Craig. Oh. Because he looks devastated. I don't <laughs> think he's got five. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say five? <laughs> uh, Celtic. Correct. Sitburn. Correct. Alloa. Correct. Uh, I was going to say Millwall, but I'm not going to say Millwall. I don't know where I got that from. Stockport. Correct. One more. Have I said Hamilton? You haven't. You have Hamilton. now. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Craig. 2-1, See, opens the floor a bit, makes it a bit fairer. You could have also had Huddersfield and Oldham. Uh, Oldham was the extra mm-hmm. one I had. That's... Mm-hmm. So, well done, Craig. And Well done. Was that better than the other one? No, because I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, was that better than the other one? <laughs> Aye, it was brilliant. Loved it. <laughs> it means, it actually makes it much easier for me to fucking find as well, because I don't need to try and think of really obscure players. I could just do anyone, because we've had a lot of players who've played for a lot of shite. So, <laughs> um, Including us. Yeah, well. And you, you've always got one, if you can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- thanks for listening to the Misery Hunters podcast. Um, you can buy our merch on line go on twitter and stuff like that you forgot uh, the website there didn't you tea like <laughs> something.com forward slash misery hunters uh, teespring teespring.com forward slash misery hunters the link is in the bio for this it's also you can find it on a twitter facebook whatever um yeah uh, i think that's everything i don't think i need to say anything else to use no nah. yep. fuck alex ray fuck jack ross and fuck gus mcpherson I totally agree. Fuck Jack Ross, fuck Gus McPherson, and fuck Alex Ray. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs>
Sports Social Podcast Network.